0: Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. Detour podcast listeners. This is your host, Sheila, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Detour podcast. We have a guest today, a young little cutie patootie that uh, (laughs) is is been in the periphery of um, my life for a little while through his mom and his sister, I know a little bit better. But uh, today we have Gatton Hudson on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And he is a recent graduate from Lee University. He's a singer, a songwriter, an artist, and a creative director. And he has recently had a major milestone with his music that he's going to tell us about. And he's going to tell us about this journey that he's on, the detour that brought him to making the kind of music that he does. And uh, he's just doing some great things. I love his heart. I follow him on Facebook and (laughs) Instagram, I'm on there. And uh, you guys are going to want to hear songs. I downloaded them. Oh, and, uh, he's a
1: true fan. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And you're, you're going to want to hear about him. So uh, welcome again, Gatton. Thanks Thank for you here. so much.
1: Thank you for having me. What a great introduction. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad that we worked it out. Um, yeah. You're, are you in Tennessee?
1: I am. I'm in Nashville. Yeah. In
0: Nashville. Okay. Yeah. And I also want to add in uh, to our podcast listeners. I don't know if my voice sounds a little bit different. I'm having a little allergy day because mm. here in Florida, it's still like almost 90 degrees. Oh,
1: I don't miss that. I'm not going to lie.
0: Oh, no, you probably have like <laughs> fall leaves and everything. It's
1: gorgeous. There. It's orange and yellow and red all around. And it's like 60 degrees. I hate to rub it in, but... <laughs> but I'm going to. It's amazing here.
0: Fine, fine, whatever. I know, yeah. (laughs) So I have a little thing that I wanted to read because it kind of says what you're about and then we'll get into your story and we'll talk about, you know, a little bit how you grew up, how you started into music and that whole thing. So basically it says, you know, everything that Gatton creates, he longs to subtly portray the concept that we are As human beings more the same than different and his lyrics often highlight the harmonious coexistence of life's juxtaposing concepts the bravery and the fear the love and the loss the beauty and the pain and the beginnings and the ends and how bringing all of those things to every place is vital in living wholeheartedly so it says you know you hope that your music will provide peace and new realizations and shifted perspectives as he shies away from no subject in an effort to make vulnerability contagious. And when I read that little blurb, I'm like, this is exactly what the detour podcast is. Oh, good. The tagline is take the detour and enjoy the wander
1: because sometimes
0: detours happen to us and we we, we're not expecting them. Sometimes we can choose them through travel or change of career or whatever, but along the way, there's a wandering sometimes until mm. you actually see what that was all about. So mm. would you say this is how you kind of got started in your music career?
1: Yeah, I would, it totally is. I feel like the detour for me was kind of the start of a lot of things. And so basically where it started for me was... After it was my sophomore year of college, it was at the end of that, and I'd kind of lost everything that I tied my identity to all at once. So it was multiple best friends, um, a relationship, a girl that I was dating for three years, multiple opportunities. And so I, I recognized that I was always like this person's best friend or this person's boyfriend or I was the singer here or whatever. And losing all of those at the same time was the most painful but most necessary thing that i had been through in my life thus far because... It forced me to genuinely recognize, like, who am I beyond, you know, time identity to these people and these things. And so um, it, I think one of the main things that I grasped out of it was just a curiosity for, first of all, why I was in so much pain after losing these things, and also a curiosity about other people's journeys. So it, I went to California um, two summers ago, 2018. Um, and me and my whole family did. And there was the place we were staying at had a grand piano and I had never really written much music. And, um, I basically found a, a huge coping mechanism, healing mechanism in writing. And so I never really even had the mindset of, Oh, I'm going to put this out one day or whatever. It was simply just for my own personal growth and healing and processing through a lot of pain and loss. And I remember one day specifically, I was at the piano and I was singing and I had written this song that i had found so much relief in and I couldn't figure out what I wanted the actual title and the whole theme of the song to be. And I was like, oh, what am I doing right now? Like I'm creating, uh, like when scars become art is kind of what I just mm. flippantly wrote down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Eh, when scars from art, eh, that might work. And what's so interesting is that something that was so once so flippant and kind of disposable became the anthem of my life, which is to cultivate artwork out of every scar and find beauty from every painful situation. And from that, I, after I kind of figured out the power that I had to find something beautiful in every painful situation, I recognized like, oh, this isn't authentic to me. This is like something that a lot of people choose to do, which is rise above their pain and their hard seasons and find something beautiful out of it or cultivate some newfound strength out of the weakness. And so that's where the curiosity came from. And then I went on this journey to interview pretty much any and everybody that I found extraordinary in some way. And so I've done, that started about a year and a half ago. And I've interviewed, I think, close to like 85 people, similar to what you're doing, like a podcast type thing, just without the podcast.
0: Yeah, that's what, okay. So Gaten, I don't, I don't know if this is, I think this is good for you um yeah. maybe not as good for me but i'm like dude you're 22 and i relate to you so much you are had like what most people figure out in their 40s because oh, yeah you know yeah. when in my case when you've been a mom and a parent and a mm. wife and you know these other things and then your kids grow up and they leave
1: yeah you ask yourself oh those gosh. same
0: questions I'm um, no totally. one's. Uh, you know, you're still someone's mom, obviously, but you know, you're not It's like an
1: identity thing. Yeah. Identity crisis and,
0: what, yeah. and I started, I had a little, you know, mini meltdown and um, mm. I started some um, therapy and it was like, I don't even know what I, you know, someone asked me like, well, what do you, what do you like to do? Or what, what do you want to mm. do? I'm like,
1: you didn't even I know. don't know,
0: you know, wow. yeah, like, I don't That's really crazy. know. Yeah. That's so interesting. And um, the Detour podcast kind of came out. This was sort of a couple year thing, but it, it came out of that because wow. I started noticing the cool people in my life that mm. would just tell me these amazing stories of resilience, that same kind of thing, just in conversation. And I said, oh man, I really meet some cool people. I write a book or something, you know, that's oh, kind I of love like that thought thing. And I'm like, no, not a book. But that's yeah. how that's how this podcast was birthed. I was like I need to help people tell these stories because I'm so inspired. Mm. So it's real close to what you've done for yourself.
1: Yeah. Which is yeah, interviewing
0: yeah. these people about life, but dude, you're like 20 years ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel incredibly blessed and aware of the kind of like keen observance that the Lord has granted me. I feel like I've am a. always been, I've always looked back, honestly, at my childhood and thought I was a really curious kid. I was very Mm -hmm. fascinated by the tendencies of human beings and why Mm -hmm. people did things and how people acted out of hurt or acted out of a childhood trauma or whatever it was. And so I think I've always had that. And I really am grateful. I'm so grateful because it started with all the pain and loss. I'm so grateful the Lord gave that to me early on. And it was almost too much to handle at the time, but it really did cultivate something that I feel like a lot of people don't grasp onto until, until later because this is a very self-centered time of our lives in the mm-hmm. 20s.
0: Yeah, I feel for like sure.
1: there's a lot of like just discovery of a lot of things, and it's overwhelming. And I think it's just a selfish season for most people. But um, doing those interviews truly changed the trajectory of my life, and it made me so aware. It's so the brand that I live under started with the whole Winston scars bookmark thing and then it cultivated into the concept we as human beings are more the same than different and that's what i found from all those interviews i was like I, I interviewed everybody like doctors and professors dancers singers widows counselors therapists homeless people and i realized like wow like we really are a lot more similar than we think and this culture and just this world in general does a lot of dehumanizing and demonizing, and kind of living under this lie that we're so different, we can never relate. But in doing these interviews, I was like, man, first of all, we're so much more similar than we think. And secondly, everyone has something to offer. And a lot of people don't think that they do, but everyone has a story and there's a lesson in everyone's story, which was incredibly inspiring to me. And so I am so aware of the unity that comes with recognizing our shared humanity. And that's my passion in life. And everything that I create with my creative directing and my songwriting, I just want people to know we are more the same than different. And by that, I mean though we have different interests and goals and childhood traumas, and we look different. At the end of the day, we all long to love, to be loved, and to belong. And I believe, like if you can grasp that as like a shifted mindset, not just like a cliche, oh, that sounds cool, but like a you navigate life with that mindset and every relationship and every conversation, you navigate with that mindset, it creates space for things like empathy and forgiveness, so absolutely. I think it's the key to unity,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I think it's very difficult in this day and age, like you said, because. They, I don't know, I, I'm about to do it now, but they, whoever they is, you know, we always say it's like there's, there's a creation of us and them, which mm. to get an us and them, then you are finding the differences. Totally. If you're yeah. looking for the similarities, then it's a we. And so then sure. if we can get, if we can look for the ways that we're the same, the things that we can agree yeah. on. And I think everyone our heart is aching for this because if you talk Mm -hmm. to people one-on-one even like the political climate you know all of the things everyone is just wanting to be like you said loved accepted not pointed out as different not told they're wrong Mm -hmm. not told they're any you know anything just like you get to be you I get to be me and let's find the beauty in each other yeah. yeah so very wise to to get that at such a thank young you. age and you're going to really I appreciate like that. you're going to um really just be leaps and bounds ahead of people triple your age just oh, for getting that one little bit.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um you have had I alluded to in the beginning some really cool uh things happen recently major milestones what happened?
1: Yes. Okay, so I hit actually two of my songs have hit over a million streams on Spotify, which was incredibly exciting and shocking. And so I have overall, like, I think 4 million streams on Spotify in general, just Spotify, one, which is awesome. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's when scars yes. become art. Um, yes. And then what's the other song?
1: And then the other one's called They Just Exist. And they both hit like right around the same time. I'm over a million. Yeah.
0: Nice. Thank nice. you. That's yeah. So great. And you have a new, uh, is it a album coming out or
1: I have a new song that just came out and then the acoustic version of that song will be out, um, this coming Friday and it's called heroes, hookers. It's a, it's just a mouthful, but heroes, hookers, pastors, and pilots is the title of the song. Heroes,
0: hookers, pastors, and pilots. Okay. So tell me about that title.
1: Yes. That's a, there's a lot of questions around that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, pretty much the embodiment of my brand and what I stand for which basically the song was inspired by Bob Goff book called Everybody Always I don't know if you've read oh I
0: read that one it's great such Mm
1: -hmm. a good book really shifted my perspective in a lot of ways and and it's somewhat uh I would say two of my biggest inspirations um writing wise would be Bob Goff and Brene Brown those have pretty much like cultivated my shifted perspective in this journey. And so they both kind of like showed me this shared humanity concept, but there was one line in Bob Go- Bob Goff's book that said, um, we need to be loved to everyone. We need to be loved to the heroes, hookers. I don't know if it was those four exact um, titles, but it was like heroes, hookers, pastors, and something I think. And it struck me. I mean, he said it just flippantly, but it really struck me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Because I think I, at one point in my life, Prided myself in being empathetic because I was empathetic toward the people who were easy to be empathetic toward, which is not empathy. That's like just yeah, that, what, I, I there's mean, a verse
0: in the Bible like that. I don't know which one, but it's like it's 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 easy to love the yeah, people who agree with you and love you. you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and
1: so I think I like I kidded myself in thinking like I'm empathetic, but I was just empathetic of the people who are very like minded, and that's kind of an oxymoron almost. So for me, it, it really struck me of like, oh, empathy is like learning to really try to understand and be compassionate about other people's journeys that are nothing like yours. Like you guys don't even have the same thought process or anything, but just at least trying to grasp, like, you know, at least we've both experienced pain. And that I think I heard one time, empathy is a, oh, how was it said? It was a, in a Brene Brown quote, but it was like, Empathy is connecting to the emotion, not the actual like action or the th- scenario. So mm-hmm. it's connecting mm-hmm. to the fact that they've like been through something and you've been through something, but yeah. it may not be you've been through the exact same thing. So that song, Heroes, Hookers, Pastors, and Pilots, is literally just, a li- it's kind of in a letter form and it's just writing to the Heroes, Hookers, Pastors, and Pilots, to the murderers and those who would never lie. And it says, please recognize you're more the same than different because at the end of the day, everybody cries. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, Showing the sim, I think we overcomplicate a lot of things, and in culturally specifically, and we think everybody's so different. It's just kind of like simplifying it all and saying like, "Hey, at the end of the day, everybody cries." And then the last line is, "At the end of the day, everybody dies." There's the and mm-hmm. that two inevitable factors, pretty much, is death, and if you live life long enough, you'll go through something hard
0: and, and painful that makes you cry. Yeah,
1: yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Another part of um, this podcast is sometimes you know we do episodes on travel because my husband and I love to travel. And Mm. so then it's that other detour, that chosen detour where you get off your regular path and you go somewhere else. And we love to travel internationally where we're in a completely different culture. And, Mm. but that same thing rings true because you go there and you realize, Oh, they might, Eat different things, look differently, right. speak a different language, but totally. they have families, they have jobs, they like the same thing. Oh, they exactly. they love the Pittsburgh Steelers too, you know. Yes. Yeah <laughs> and, you know, or things like that. And um, you find those commonalities and then yeah. you enjoy the differences.
1: Exactly. You embrace the differences because that's yeah. beautiful. There's so many diversities and uniquenesses to humans. I think it's incredible.
0: Wouldn't it be boring without that? totally boring. Yeah.
1: We need those
0: all the same.
1: Yeah. And we need different opinions and different outlooks and perspectives and worldviews on, on political things and cultural things. We need that just to at least be aware of the fact that there's different things to different ways to view things.
0: Absolutely. So what are you doing now and what's on the, on the horizon? Yeah.
1: Yes. Great question. Um, So I just graduated at the beginning of August from Lee University, which was in Cleveland, Tennessee, which no one's ever heard of, but very (laughs) small town, Mm -hmm. like kind of country bumpkin a little bit, but it's 30 minutes from Chattanooga and it's about two hours from Nashville. So I just graduated with my communications degree and then I went to, just moved to Nashville. I think it's been about three months now. And right now I have been working I signed a distribution deal which is like similar to a record deal but it's a little less intense um, with InGrooves which is a company under Universal um it's a year contract which is exciting so that's kind of like one of my next steps and then with that we just have been kind of releasing songs and trying to brainstorm new innovative ways to get my music out in different places different platforms and I am trying to tr- I, what I want to do is kind of not that there's a gap but bridge the two creative realms of music and like the artistic photography videography visual side of things and so I try to bridge those together so I'm a creative director as well and so I've been working on a lot of different photo shoots and working with different creatives and that also goes along with my sheer humanity like the whole brand so as of right now it's kind of just trying to navigate through how exactly I want to bridge those two things together and and what that'll look like and also, just not trying to predict too much of what's ahead because it's always it's been unpredictable to this point. So I'm like, I'm just gonna let the Lord take let's it.
0: See what we're doing today. He seems to know what he's <laughs> doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm like, we'll just. I try. People always ask, like, so what's the plan? I'm like, honestly, I could try to tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it Here's probably won't end up plan, that way. But yeah, let's be Creativity honest. Yeah. In some way
1: <laughs> and also working with a lot of people. That's pretty much all there is to it.
0: Well, I've I've seen some of your uh, photography pieces on I think Facebook or Instagram maybe yeah maybe both Um, right and they they're awesome they're very striking um I love you've got so many different um, um, ethnicities and and skin colors and yes uh, um you usually dress them in one
1: yes like a monochrome yeah monochrome right yes
0: that's the word i was looking for yes yes Um, yes and uh very very interesting i mean they all look like album covers to me so much like i'm like are you doing album covers you know and then i realized you can't be making this many album covers.
1: yeah (laughs) that'd be crazy exactly thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah so when you when you where do you find all these people you just say here wear this and show up this day
1: kind of that's kind of like a loose thing of what it is basically people are always so perplexed by kind of the story behind it all but basically it it continually embodies my brand which is the more the same the different concepts so i get a lot of different people who often don't know each other and have never met from different walks of life who do a lot of different things put them in the same room put them in the same color And it's kind of like a subtle symbolism of that, more the same, the different, like they're in the same color, but they're, they have their differences. And I want to highlight the differences, but I also want to highlight that they have this shared humanity thing. So normally it'll be, I did it, I started at Lee, which was great because I knew a lot of people and it just got me connected with a lot of different people. And then I continued it on here in Nashville and I will reach out to people through social media Um, as well as just word of mouth, like different friends and kind of just getting into that creative realm. I meet a lot of different photographers. And so I'm the creative director, so I'm not actually taking the pictures. I'm doing everything but that. So I like get all the outfits together. I have bins and bins. I'm like an organized hoarder. I have bins and bins and bins (laughs) bins of outfits. And then I'll um, get all the models. I'll come up with the concept. I'll pick the location, get the photographer and I do all the posing. So I'm like doing everything but the actual taking of the pictures. The reason why I started this, it wasn't even for the creative directing thing as much as it was, I wanted to learn how to be a good leader and I wanted to learn leadership skills and do it hands-on right away. And so I tried to figure out a way, I was like, how can I like do this right away and just step out of my comfort zone 24 seven and take risks. And I was like, let me just try to start this. And it's taught me so much about leadership. It's really blown me away of how much I've learned of how a leader really does set the tone and set the atmosphere of a room. And I have so much power as the one who says, who uh, like has the final say in everything. Um, And so it's like, if I, I, and I've seen it like firsthand, like if I'm in a bad mood, the pictures won't be as good. I've had that happen Mm. multiple times, which is so interesting how it directly correlates, but people are so keen on how I am and I'm the one setting the tone. And so if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm, anxious or a little nervous or whatever it's going to come out in the pictures it's going to come out in the overall atmosphere of the group so it's up to me to always come owning my decisions whether or not i believe in them i have to look like i do and Mm -hmm. i think people are just really drawn to sureness and they're drawn to like just quick productive like decision making and that's taught me that over and over and over and it's a different different types of people. It's a different location every single time. So I learned something new every single time, which is awesome. And it's really helped me a lot.
0: I love everything that you just said. That's just great. Yeah, that's absolutely true. When somebody is in a position of leadership, yeah, you, you set the tone and you're guiding the people that are looking to you to lead in their attitude and what they're doing. And they're, and they're trusting you that you know what's going on. And even if yes. like you said, even if you even don't, if don't fully know what's going
1: on, they want me to act like I do. Cause it's yeah, more comfortable. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I will say that one thing about your, uh, the photographs that I've seen, every single person is just looks gorgeous. I mean, if mm. you like collectively, when you first look at it, you notice like they're all wearing the same color. And then there's, yeah. then the second thing I noticed was like, oh, there's really like a diversity of men, women, yeah, yeah, yeah. age, like age range is kind of the same, but a little bit right. different. Um. Right. And then hairstyles and just you know different stylings. Yeah. Um, and then you just look at each face and like mm. every face is just beautiful. Just yeah, beautiful.
1: I totally agree. And I think I think the beauty of it is is the differences is that everyone has different face shapes and skin tones and just their structure of their everything is just like just kind of focusing on the detail of the human being is yeah. the coolest thing and seeing the diversity of looks and heights and body types and everything, I think is really refreshing to see it all in one group of people.
0: Yeah. And I think that is something that definitely needs uh, to be a reminder for everybody, mm, uh, especially mm-hmm. now in this very much world of um, seeing, um, what do you want to say? You know, highlight reels and mm. and uh filtered pictures and totally. whatever is in style you know and whatever totally whatever is the look that's the way you should be today you know right, right. Young, and and just none of us are meant to all look the same i mean even if we did all the same things ate all the same foods yeah we would still look different we would totally. still all look different we would be different Absolutely. sizes different shapes. Taller, yeah. smaller, thinner, bigger—you know—and right. all of it is finding, like you said, the the beauty in each yeah. one of those different things. Everything is great. Rem- remember that. Totally agree. <laughs> I I love everything that you're doing. I love everything. Oh, thank you're doing. You. So I definitely want to um share more of your information and and your some of your photos uh along yeah. with this podcast. And you did say that you had this time in your life with that you know where you got on the piano and you were kind of started writing this and right what do you feel like that perfect picture perfect foundation that it says picture perfect foundation that you built to protect from your authentic feelings what Mm. what were the authentic feelings that you weren't sharing Mm.
1: that's a great question i think i I think I have the tendency as do I think a lot of people have the tendency to um, negate my authentic feelings because they're just dark or scary or I've just suppressed things for a long time. And I think I grew up um, kind of, subconsciously was taught to be like a performer in a sense of like you know you put your best foot forward and you have to be in good shape and all that stuff and I think it's all great but I think you can very quickly find your worth in that I have a lot of people in my family who are just really successful whether that's with looks or um, business wise money whatever it is and so I observed that and that's all I had to look toward and saw like oh that's like success equals worth And so I wouldn't ever like allow myself to almost be imperfect. And so I think some of my feelings were um, a starving for fitting in and kind of being a chameleon to fit in wherever I needed to. And I think I'm really good at that. It's like that natural performing thing. I am really good at knowing reading a room really quickly and knowing, oh, this is what they want from me. I'm going to give it to Mm. them because I want to just, I want them to I want to succeed and I was bullied a lot when I was younger and so it's like I think it was an opposite extreme of like I didn't fit in at all like in middle school and it's like so let me just figure out every way I can fit in now
0: oh what do Um, they want for me and let me give it to them
1: yeah I'm like I can I can most likely form to whatever mold you need me to form to Uh which can be super dangerous if you don't catch that and so I think some of my authentic feelings were just there were some things that I think, I think everybody has some type of something that even if it's super minor, sometimes of something that they lacked in childhood that they look for in adulthood, if you yeah. don't catch it. And so I feel like I just lacked certain, um, a lot of it was social, like certain social things and acceptance and all that kind of stuff during childhood and feeling like I was never good enough. And so I really like searched for that in adulthood until I kind of had that loss of self completely and forced myself to realize like, oh, I really care what people think like, think about me, which I always pride in myself in not caring. And at the end of the day, you always care at least a little bit, no mm-hmm. matter how much you've mm-hmm. like, overcome it or whatever, you do care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should care. You should have some type of pride and dignity, but um, I realized like, I really do care what people think. I really do um, strive a little bit too much for my worth without just like, being content in who I am without my works yeah like if you Um, never
0: did another thing would that be would you still be worthy yeah
1: seriously and I think at one point it was definitely a no because I was Mm. so just constantly like lived under the impression that like oh I'm doing really good because I'm like in really good shape right now or I'm doing really good because I've just got a million streams or whatever it's just and it's just a vicious cycle that never ends and kind of coming to this like genuine contentment in every sense like I'm single I live on in Nashville I just graduated um there's a lot of things that I don't have that some people do but just a contentment and an acceptance of what is and what will never be and what is and what could be just accepting all your isms accepting your family for who they are whether or not they're who you need them to be accepting Mm -hmm. them for who they are because they may not change Um, or friends or whatever it is. It's just like an overall contentment and acceptance. I think I came to that after kind of doing like my detour, basically of facing my feelings head on and facing like, I think I really longed for a relationship because I felt that I wasn't worthy if I wasn't in a relationship or there's just so many little things that I believed that I didn't even realize I believed.
0: And so I kind of deconstructed
1: it all. That's
0: definitely like a very humanistic story for I think Mm -hmm. every single person like fill in the blank because on some level whether you had quote a great childhood or not a great childhood right you know I I can't remember um where I heard this but um there was someone I think it was like a marriage counselor maybe that was Mm -hmm. talking about if you had a great dad yeah or if you didn't have a great dad so if you it's real easy to pick up like if you didn't have a great dad maybe you have these neuroses later on
1: Totally. If you had a
0: great dad, then you're always having to measure up to that great yeah. dad too. And that creates a different set of neuroses. And I guess Seriously. I never thought of it that way. We yeah, never, none of us point. get out of um, childhood. And that's why it has not a whole lot to do. I don't think all the time, like with our parenting, it's, I know. it's a personal journey. It's a personal and journey. I there, totally uh, another book that I just read recently called the four agreements talks about Um, domestic, like domestication. So Mm. in raising children and growing up, we're taught what to do in society. And this behavior is the right thing to do. This is not the right, you know, you don't hit your sister, you play nicely, you share, you are that. And there Mm. were some things in there, even at this age. And I thought about in even raising like my own kids, there was an example of this training that we do almost subconsciously in yeah. trying to rear children or just grow up that we don't even think about doing. And it's a reward system. So say mm. you've got, a, you've got one child that's a four years old and you've got a baby and you say to that four-year-old, go get mommy a diaper for the baby. And they bring back the diaper. Now that, that's just a nice thing to do like to help. So you don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there's also an underlying conditioning of, I did something for mommy mommy's happy and now I'm a good boy or a good interesting. Girl. And I was yeah, like, wow, that makes sense. I never thought of all these subtle
1: tiny little things that you domestications, don't think it's
0: called. Yeah. You know, that's with, so interesting. Whether you think it was a great experience or not, you know, room for improvement kind of thing. At the end of the day, everybody picks up something and even mm. just being in culture, yeah, mm-hmm. some kind of comparison thing, something that you're totally. looking to someone else for as a measuring stick.
1: Yeah, I've really tried to find, I've kind of been on a journey more recently of kind of this concept of like making peace with your inner child, because we all have our inner child children in us, and learning how to make peace with the things that you feel like you didn't get, and trying not to search for them in unhealthy ways or toxic ways, because I think we we mimic what we see and we are such products of our upbringing. And so there are, I'm sure a lot of toxic tendencies, even if they're not detrimental, just toxic little tendencies, whether it was your parents' marriage or whether it was um, the way that they reprimanded you, whatever you have to make peace with. Like I've heard one of my favorite quotes about forgiveness is forgiveness is accepting that the past will never be any different. Mm -hmm. And so you have to genuinely accept like, you, it's not going to change. Like you can sit in bitterness for the rest of your life, or you can just like accept the fact that it won't change and figure out a way to make peace with what has happened. And so making peace with my inner child has been a journey of just realizing like, whoa, there's still things that correlate and still things that I'm searching for sometimes that I never felt like I got that I needed. And learning that is, I think the key to Growth and healing because I think a lot of people navigate their whole lives searching and wandering for things that they feel like they lack, which can be really scary. And searching in all the wrong places, expecting things out of. I wrote a song um, called Setbacks and it just talks about how, like, in one of my relationships that I was in, I was like searching for things in all the wrong places. The lyric is, "Um, I was expecting love out of hateful people and I sought security in those most insecure. So I was like, always disappointed that I was never finding what I needed, but I was never looking in the right place. So I was never gonna be fulfilled.
0: You're trying to get something from people that don't have it.
1: They don't have it to offer. They don't have and it
0: and to offer. And I right. wanted
1: them to have it to offer. And yeah. that song goes on to say like I was searching in the landfill for authenticity and I was smelling plastic roses, expecting something sweet. And mm-hmm. so Beautiful. it's basically just saying like thanks. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically just saying like yeah. I was never going to, I was searching in a landfill in a place with just plastic and waste for something authentic. And I was never going to find it, but I was, I kept looking and kept getting annoyed that I wasn't finding it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I think and, some
1: people do their whole lives to navigate that way.
0: Yeah. And then when it gets really bad is when you then blame that other person
1: mm, for mm-hmm. not
0: being able to give you having what, you, what need. you needed. Yeah. Oh my Instead of looking at that. yourself and saying, my expectation was unrealistic.
1: Totally. Yes, it's a vicious cycle. And if you mm-hmm. never can catch that, then it's just kind of, you walk around blaming everyone but yourself, which is really dangerous.
0: And you can't make anyone be or do anything. No, just
1: isn't that yourself. so frustrating?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, dang it. If no you one could can be just what I do I the stuff, you can just my be goodness. Yeah, it's not that on. hard, come on. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm so excited for to, to watch you continue to grow. I mean, like your heart is just, you're, you know, old and wise and and Aww, i'm uh thank i'm you just so much. happy that you're in the world because we need people like you saying this we need other. that is so kind you know um and do you do any enneagram at all
1: i do i'm a big enneagram person
0: are you yeah. what are what's your number
1: i'm a four wing three okay. which was it was hard for me at first because fours are the most annoying type to me <laughs> and i was <laughs> no, like well, whatever your
0: number is is, is the, the most, most annoying type of person you're like yeah go ahead
1: i it was very i remember thinking like gosh fours are so they're just so thinky and feely and they're just always trying to find the depth and everything and then i was like gotten that is you to a t like you are just you embody that and so i've learned to accept my fourness but i definitely have a strong wing three that driven side of me is definitely strong but i, I think four's main thing is like just a really keen observance of life and finding the nugget and everything finding the the beauty that can come out of everything, which is like everything that I stand for. So it's helped me a lot to recognize the way I operate, as well as for me, relationally, recognizing how other people operate. And it's like that thing, don't expect them to be any different than they are. So it's like there's eights to me are a lot sometimes, but I have a lot of friends I am married to an
0: eight and I am a nine. Are you? You're a nine. I'm a nine. Gotcha. And I was thinking you might've been in a, so a so for people that don't know Enneagram, it's a it's a personality categorization yes. basically mm-hmm. kind of like type a and b that but it's Correct. broken down more specifically and what i like about it is is it says like when you're like it meets you where you are like okay yes. so if you identify as a nine which is the uh, peacemaker
1: yeah, peacemaker
0: okay so a peacemaker is a great thing to be totally. i love all the positive attributes of a nine but yeah. a peacemaker has a hard time making decisions because they're always trying mm. to see what other people absolutely like. And yeah, and I've point- seen a lot
1: of nines that are have a real issue with. They're creating peace all around them, but they have such inner turmoil because they're ridding themselves of help. Yeah, that is
0: me. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen I'm that a like lot. The peacemaker of my life, and then in as long as everybody else around part of is of peaceful, my, yeah. And that that's really so is part of my joy. I'm very adaptable, and so if my mm. world is peaceful, I can find peace and joy in that. Right. Um, so that's right, right. true and authentic. But yeah, when you kind of flip to the other side of it. That's it where can you be, can get, really get lost because you yeah. don't know who you are. You don't know what you like. Mm. You, you, you're horrible to, well, no, you're good to go out to dinner just as long as no one asks you where you want to go or totally. <laughs> they just have to say, we're going here. Seriously. not Where do you want to go? Or I'll get yeah. back to you next Tuesday when I think 100%.
1: About it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's so many benefits to the nine of the peacemaker thing, but there's, I totally agree when you said it meets you where you're at because I've read some things about my type and I'm like, oh, that like twist the knife. It's like so painful.
0: What's the name for the four?
1: The four is the individualist.
0: The individualist. So
1: pretty much in everything that you, everything that we do, it's, we want to know and we want to be validated in the fact that we are different. And I feel like a four is really are so incredibly authentic. And so oftentimes something that I found in a four is that they're very polarizing. And it's so interesting because this is so true for me, but fours don't mind being hated or loved. They just want it to be a passionate feeling toward them because Mm. indifference is like the worst thing that they could have is indifference because it's like kind of a a complete lack of care or thought of them. So if someone's indifferent towards them, it's like- You don't know how
0: to take them.
1: You don't know how to take it. Like you can take it- we're so afraid of the middle ground. Mm,
0: mm -hmm. We're
1: so afraid of like, mediocre we want if, if it's like a really low low that's totally it's kind of like described bipolar almost but it's like if it's a really low low that's totally fine but as long as it's like a really deep emotion if it's a really high high that's totally fine but that like middle ground is the scariest place for a four because mm-hmm. you want to know that everything's extraordinary and everything's like over the top and dramatic almost
0: and everything means something
1: everything means something you have to know that yeah, yeah so existing in that place where it's kind of just mundane is really scary for a four
0: Totally I'm agree. so glad you took the time with me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I don't want to put you on me. the spot, but I just want to hear your, your beautiful voice sing. Would you just sing like one I sing line before me we go? Okay, let's hear. What are you going to sing?
1: I can sing, um, oh, now I'm blinking. I'll sing uh, When Scars become Come Art, which is okay. like one of my most beloved. Let me think of the key. I normally have a piano next to me, so this is still on the spot, but it's totally fine. Because I, I want to love you for good for good or for bad when times get sad and when we fight and i want to love you for good for good or for bad when you make me mad because you're the love of my life
0: here's to another million downloads and all the whatever you call success in the world
1: oh thank you so much i really appreciate you having me
0: I appreciate you being here and all the best. Thanks so much for doing this.
1: Yes. Everybody,
0: Gatton is on Instagram. (laughs) Let's say the important stuff that I almost always forget. Yes, yes, yes. Instagram under Gatton, G-A-T-T-O-N. Facebook, Gatton Hudson. Spotify page, Gatton. Any other way we need to know to reach you? Those are
1: the main ones. I have a YouTube channel as well with some music videos and stuff like that. It's just Gatton as well. It's all the same pretty much.
0: I like the singular name. It's like all the yes. good people have that.
1: I tr- well, because I can, which you know, it's funny. I used yes. to hate my name growing up. Hated it cuz no one ever got it right. It was always Gavin or Gatlin or Garrett or anything with a G basically. And now I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I love everyone that, that has my no name." no other you know, You're not going to meet no. another one probably. No, yeah. Probably so not. I don't have to ever say my last name, which is nice. Very
0: cool. Yeah, I, I can see it in lights. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: appreciate
0: it. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. You Thank all the best. You. To you have a great rest of your day. detour Thanks. podcast listener, isn't he just the greatest? Such a wise <laughs> young man. I'm so proud. To just even know that there's young people Aww. like this in the world.
1: Thank Look you up so his much. Music
0: when scars become art and his new acoustic heroes hookers pastors and pilots yes you got it right yeah thank you and uh follow this guy he's going to be doing great things check out his his uh photographs and all the things that he'll be doing so thanks again for listening everyone and all of you have a beautiful day thank you for listening you can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on The Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too and rate, comment, and subscribe yourself so you can join us next time as we... Take the detour and enjoy the wander.